before we get this episode going, I just want to let you guys know that I'm recording this from my balcony yet again. I'll be home Saturday. I'll be making a podcast Sunday or Monday, so trust me, it'll be better, better quality then. I just don't want to leave you guys on, like, 10 days without anything. Um, but just, just, I, I apologize for the background noise. I'm on the balcony on vacation. I'm sorry. <laughs> Enjoy. Hey, guys, what is up? And welcome back to the show. Now, in today's episode, we're going to be going over Charleston. Not whether or not they should make the tournament, as they've already won the CAA tournament, but we're going to analyze whether or not they should be like a 12 seed or a 10 seed or higher, or how and just how their season's gone as one of the, as a sneak peek to this episode, as one of the uh, most intriguing Cinderella prospects in this year's tournament um, coming up on today's show. All right, yeah, so first, uh, now that we've gotten that intro out of the way, the first thing that I want to just uh, respect is the fact that Charleston's now 31-3. It's something that they were never expected to do. They have a win over Virginia Tech this year, so they have uh, potential to beat more solid teams. Obviously, Virginia Tech, they're not going to make the tournament, but for a team like Charleston that's in the CAA and they don't necessarily play a lot of good, good talent, I mean, obviously Hofstra and is good. Uh, they lost to them. Tough's just good, but just they don't play power five talent often. And that win over Virginia Tech signifies that they have the potential to beat teams that are from power five conferences, maybe not the top teams, but and they even made it up to number 18 in the poll this year. Um, obviously, when in a conference like that, when you lose one game, it's going to all fall off from there. But but they made it up to 18. They were ranked for multiple weeks this year um, as, as they and they were given a lot of respect that they deserved. And now they come into the CAA tournament um, and, and they win the entire tournament. And they faced some adversity in both of their games. They had opportunities to lose in the semifinals and the finals, but that's what Champ Week is all about. Um, so, I mean, it's when all the good, everyone comes to play. Like, even even the bottom seeds, like, I felt like, even though they got destroyed, I felt like Louisville had an opportunity to win a couple of games. Not because I thought that they were good or they were, I mean, they're four, they were 4 and 27 just because of the fact that it's tournament. The bottom seeds have nothing to lose, for example. I mean, it's just a different feel. Like, everyone's working harder than they did during the regular season, it almost feels like. And, and Charleston was able to come out on top in the CAA. And not only that, they, they've been projected in the bracket for most of the year, except for a few weeks where Hofstra was in there instead of them. But they were always in the next four out at some point. So they, they've been getting the respect that they deserved all year. And it's it's a season that no one really expected. And, and they extended Pat Kelsey's contract, which which really, really makes sense. It's only, it's 600K a year, five years with, you can get up to like 1.1 million in, in incentives. Um, I think just what, with the more success that they've been having, the only problem with that is, is the potential that he has to leave. Because obviously it's Charleston, they're a very good team and a very good CAA program, but being in a mid-major conference and being a mid-major team, uh, they, they don't get, they're not gonna get a bunch of five stars and they're not gonna get national prominence unless they like are 30 and 0 or something so I mean that's how it is you notice it with a lot of coaches like you look at the last Charleston coach he left Charleston Earl Grant and went to Boston College a power five school um obviously not a prominent power five school at the moment but but it moving from a mid-major to a power five so you wonder how much longer will Pat Kelsey last at Charleston because I think as long as he's there Charleston's gonna be there um, and it's always going to be a CA for the taking because I think if you look at their recruiting, they have a four-star and a three-star and, and another player coming in. Uh, they, so they have a solid recruiting class. I mean, I, I don't see any reason why they're going to leave the top of the CAA in the next couple of years. I think it's just up to whether or not Pat Kelsey stays that five-year contract extension. I mean, maybe it, it raises the chances of that because of the fact that 
he signed that. But it'll be interesting to see to play out. But now, where should Charleston be in the tournament when March Madness rolls around on Selection Sunday? So I think personally, I think that they deserve a 10 seed because uh, UNC, another team that isn't, that is, there's a, there's a, ch- a good chance that they don't make the tournament, but another power ACC team, it seems like they're able to hang in there with ACC teams uh, in like the middle of the pack ACC teams. And, and so I just think that if they were in a power five conference, not the big 12, but like a lower power five conference, they would have an opportunity to hang in there and so show like what they were worth. And, and they've got 31 wins. It doesn't matter what conference they're in, but just the fact that they got 31 wins is something they also have to put some respect on. Um, and I think that they're a really fast-paced team, and I think that um, many multiple teams can have trouble with them, and I think that there's, there's, a, there's good reason why that they're a uh, popular Cinderella pick to get to the second round, get to the Sweet 16. Like they, they, they have the potential to be the Oral Roberts, and honestly, I'm going to make an Oral Roberts episode because Oral Roberts deserves it because they're, they're good to say. But anyways, uh, I, think that, I think that they should be a 10 seed. I think that they deserve it. I think if that they had an opportunity to play a couple of better opponents, I mean, obviously, that's how it is being in a conference like the CAA. You're going to get under... Uh, respected sometimes because and and it's merited too because because the teams that you play you don't play as good as like say another 10 seed that's in the ACC for example like Iowa State could be a 10 seed but they're 99 in the Big 12 that that's different you know um but it's it's always just different so I mean I just think that they've they've shown that they're able to hang in there with with good teams and they're able to blow out multiple teams like they they never really showed against like a bad team like a really bad team like Monmouth that they were going to lose. They never really showed that they were, I mean, there were some close games with the middle, middle of the pack teams in their conference, but there's no, no one that showed like, okay, this game, like why is Charleston ranked and why are they getting respected as highly as they are? But just really 31 and three regular season or no, actually they weren't the regular season chance, but, but number two seed in the CAA tournament. Then they win the CAA tournament facing some adversity, which is what you always do in March. I think that they're worthy of a 10 seed. I think that they'll be an 11 seed, but I think that there's no reason why they should be a 12 seed. They should not be a 12 seed. They should be an 11 or a 10. I think nine might be a little bit of a stretch right now because it's their first year, their big, big success. Um, but, but we'll see what happens. Can they? I think that they have a genuine opportunity to make a run. A couple of my brackets are going to have them in the Sweet 16. But uh, that'll do it for Charleston. I think that the, they've, they're a really fast-paced team. They can shoot. Um, they, they have everything you need to, to make up for a good Cinderella team. And, and they're going to have a high enough seed that they have an opportunity to knock off a five or a six seed um, come the tournament time. And, you know, finally, I think we should do a little bit more of touching on the fact of, uh, of the people that are going to give uh, Charleston the chance of making a run in this NCAA tournament because, obviously, it's going to take a little bit of magic, as, as every March does with the lower seeds, but... But I think that Charleston has a legitimate shot to do so. But I think it's gonna it's gonna take some leadership and some some fire and flair, which is what Ryan Larson brings to the table for Charleston. I think that he's played a really really good season, and I think that when he's on fire, it seems that it makes everyone else on the court on fire. So I think that he's gonna have to be the number one leader for this Charleston team when it comes to their first round game. If they get out of that to their second round game, Sweet 16, all that type of stuff. It's because they're going to start playing people and teams that they never played before and of talent and caliber that they've never seen before. So I think it's going to take everyone as a unit 
as it does every single year for every single Cinderella opportunity to come together and everything's going to have to go right. I mean, obviously, it's already going to be a little bit on Charleston's side because if they're a lower seed, obviously people can think that they can win, but especially if they win their first round, if they're an 11 seed and they play uh, the three seed or something in the second round, or if they're a 12 seed, they play the four seed in the second round, whatever, they, they're going to be playing teams that they haven't played before and, and teams that are supposedly of much better caliber. And so they already have that, they already have the underdog tag, so no one expects them to fully win. So really it already puts an added layer of pressure on their opponent. So that's going to, that's already a plus. And, and I think that while obviously Charleston wouldn't know too much, but I mean, the, the higher seed usually has trouble figuring out, especially at the beginning, what what this smaller team uh, is able to, to put together. So I think that that's gonna be big. I think at the beginning of every single one of these games, they're gonna have to figure out ways to get ahead while their opponent's still figuring them out because while they might not be the most talented, they've got a lot of grit there. They play really fast and they play with a lot of, uh, I, I don't. They play with a lot of heart, and I think that they—that's why they won the CIA tournament because the last two rounds they had some trouble, and they're just like, nope, this is going to be us getting that automatic bid. And so I think with heart and the guidance of Ryan Larson, I think it's going to be really, really helpful for them when the tournament starts. Thank you guys so much for listening to that episode of March Madness in 60+. plus. I really need to change the name. So I'm going to talk for nine minutes under these uh, categories of episodes. It cannot be 60+, plus anymore. Because 60+, plus, like, one to two minutes, but not, like, eight to nine, like how it's always been. But anyways, I hope you enjoyed this ep- that episode. Go to anchor.fm slash Sports to su- subscribe to the show. Um, Instagram, All Eyes on Sports podcast, uh, YouTube, All Eyes on Sports podcast as well. We're so close to 300 subscribers, and I would like to break that barrier down. Um, but anyways, I hope you enjoyed that episode, and I will talk to you next time on the show.